Hello and welcome to another edition of the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. Uh, James and I are here today and we're going to be talking a little bit about mobile. We are indeed. Um, it's been a busy week uh, last week for mobile because we had the Pocket Gamer Connects conference and Mobile Games Forum. Yep. Um, so plenty of mobile activity happening. And obviously like it, it, it's an interesting sector of the market anyway, because of uh, particularly last year because of Pokemon Go and Super Mario Run, yep. among others, obviously. Um, ties in rather nicely with something we're working on at GI as well. Um, soon we are launching sp- uh, specific newsletters aimed at certain sectors of the games market. Yep. Um, there will be a publishing and retail one, there will be a virtual reality and augmented reality one, and there will be one uh, dedicated to mobile, yep. which I'll be heading up. Yeah, if you, I'm sure some of you have signed up for those emails already, um, so if you have, you should start receiving them very soon. Uh, if you haven't and you are interested in finding out more about any of those topics on a regular basis, uh, these sign-ups are fairly easy to find in the footer of the site on the front page. Um, just have a little poke around, or if you really need to, send us an email and we'll add you to the list. In the meantime, I recently attended Mobile Games Forum, uh, and I visited a bunch of uh, mobile developers there. We got together, we had a quick uh, roundtable chat about what's happening on smart devices uh, in 2017. I am here at Mobile Games Forum London 2017 and I am joined by François, Martin Jones, Space Ape Games, Des Gale, Auto Gym. And François, you've done yourself a kind of you've kind Nereo, yeah, you've done yourself a little underservice. You're a developer of the excellent Reigns, which came out last year. Um, fantastic game. Um, so I gathered you here to try and talk about uh, trends in mobile, where the mobile market is heading. Um, I guess, you know, looking at range for a start like where do you think the, the mobile market's heading for premium games because premium game success stories are kind of few and far between range obviously was a big one for last year I mean is it possible for anyone who's not doing a free to play game to, to, to make that kind of impact um, it's difficult to answer that because it's obviously very rare to, to uh, uh, sort of make uh, a game that works in, uh, as a premium model um, but I think it's like all the market in the world. You, you can bet on the, the horse that's not going to win, and and actually sometimes he wins, you know. Uh, so I think I think uh, there's always it's, it's never dead because because the market is so large and there's so much space that you can you can always make a nice little project in premium, uh, ship it and and recover your costs, make two guys three times four times your your, your the, the money you put in. And I think I think it's it's definitely possible. It's it's not as uh, as great as a start obviously but but it's definitely possible for me yeah yeah um, we all know about Nintendo and the free to start or free to try um, the I guess the difficulty is I can't see the big studios doing it and for a small studio the monetization doesn't scale so if you're making one bet and you're not going to get massive return that seems like a, a, a potentially risky investment so can be done can be done but still lots of risk associated with it um, yeah, you can't really screw with that stuff. Um, I mean, free to play is still a thing. It's still going to be a thing. Um, unfortunately, more people than than not don't want to pay for quality products. Um, you know, I, you know, I agree with 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 Florian, um, Francois even. Sorry, um, if you make a quality product, you know, enough people will pay for it, um, and it's up to us to make the right decision when we're planning that out like how much do we need to make back is that an impossible number no then yeah go for it yeah I think the trouble is like everyone's 
and I have to say, I can I include myself. Like everyone's become kind of used to the fact that apps are free or extremely cheap, and just the notion of hang on, I've got to pay 99p for this. That that's a that's a decision you then have to make. It's not just oh, I'll download it and try it. I now have to pay 99p. I shamefully have held off buying games that I know are excellent and I've, I've heard so many great things about on mobile because either I think they're going to be discounted later or they're going to be bundled later with other games from that thing I mean how do you as developers kind of you know make games and, and hope to make a business model facing that you know my, my level of stinginess <laughs> uh, the, I think the expectations for the platform have been set you can have like an awesome Lego game on Steam and like maybe you'll pick it up in a Steam sale for £15 and you'll be happy with it. And you can have almost exactly the same Lego game ported to mobile, but even on sale, you might not buy it for two or three pounds. We've got set expectations about the platform. Um, and there's a different group of users who are playing mobile games. I think you've got to understand these mobile gamers. Um, they play very differently, their expectations are very different, and I think what their expectations for new play patterns in 2017 is going to be different again. They want new experiences now. I think, it, talking about trends throughout 2017, um, it's going to be some of these uh, smaller, nimble, agile studios who can afford to take risks and offer different play patterns that um, are going to have the success and be able to build a bit of a business off the back of it. Um, I, I think... Um um, you, you were mentioning uh, Mario. Uh, I think there's, there's this, this vision that that uh, um, you, the, this free to try and then pay. Uh, this model sort of backfired for the, on the on the for, for the for the ratings of the game and stuff like that. Um, but mainly because because it was uh, I think misplaced. Like like they they sort of tried to make a premium game it was a premium game uh, and uh, Nintendo does premium games but the fact they, they show it as a free game sort of uh, skewed a bit the game and, and uh, they, they didn't really uh, um, they, they, they've been talked out because they, they were actually uh, um, uh, passing that as a free game but it's not a free game so that, that's that sort of model I think uh, um, should should be refined. I, I like the idea of free to try. I think it's very good idea um, for, for for premium games. And uh, but but as it is done now, it's not it's not it's not okay. It's, it's not uh, it's not perfect. Uh, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, so, so yeah, the free try is excellent. And um, so so Windows Phone, um, remember them? Um, <laughs> they did that. They had to, to try before you buy model, which is great. That that solves your problem because you're just like. Oh, I'm not sure if 99p I will get value from that. If you try it, oh yeah, first level's amazing. You've earned my 99p in the rare case, maybe. But um, yeah, I mean that's the fear that I have. So I love premium games on mobile. But like, it just well, it, just because you're here, um, you know, read a couple of reviews and some friends already got it, and, and like a friend recommendation's worth like a thousand, you know, anonymous reviews, right? Um, I was like, yeah, okay, it's a good price. That's that, I, I'm. That's all right for me. I can do that. But I'm one of those rare people that kind of puts the value in real terms. So, like, I go to Starbucks, right? I get a coffee that's absolutely terrible. It costs me four quid. And I'm moaning about spending two quid for a mobile game. Like, that, that's how I frame my reality. But unfortunately, there's billions of people who don't. Uh, and, it, and it's really frustrating. Yeah. I found the, the free-to-start model that Nintendo are trying to you know, push, and they're really pushing free-to-start as their kind of their own term. But... 
that's how games, as far as I remember, started on the App Store. I remember there used to be a time where you would download the light version of yeah. a game, and if you liked it, you bought the full version. Yeah. And, and the light version would either be you know, infinite but limited functionality or a, a, cut, a demo of the game. And we're now kind of going back towards that. I mean, do you expect to see more people trying this free-to-start model? Because there's been a lot of debate about whether or not it's paid off for Nintendo because they've got, what, 90 million-plus downloads but I think I think they worked out that less than ten percent. Like people have been throwing numbers all around, but a small percent of people have converted. The thing is that people people are using the wrong frame of reference, right? They're always like, "Oh, look, if they if it's free to play, they could have made this much money." It's like, yeah, they could have, but the fact that I'm pretty sure that game cost less than twenty million to make, right? So if ten percent of all the people who download it have generated twenty million, I call that a win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we also need to take everything Mo, uh, Nintendo do on mobile with a pinch of salt. Massive brand. You couldn't ask for bigger brands. And also, like, was uh, the Mario game, was that like a business, let's make money off this game, or was it let's re-expose Ma- Mario to the mobile first generation before we ship Switch? Like, if, if Mario game is not about generating revenue, but kind of an advertisement for some yeah. of the characters just before Switch launch, that makes sense. But it's not even just Switch. I mean, I remember, like, you know, within weeks, uh, no, sorry, within days of Super Mario Run going out, there are Facebook ads enjoying Super Mario Run. Why not buy Super Mario Maker and try it yourself and make yeah, your own exactly. levels? Like, that's genius because I'll be honest, I've been playing it and thinking, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> I can make my own levels. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think um, it's a. It's a it's not just a strategy that that works for for big companies like Nintendo. What, what we try to do for Rings, for example, is uh, um, we have the game on we, we release the game on uh, on the Steam, uh, iOS, and Android at the same time. And actually, the free markets together, so they, they work very well together. And people they start to talk about it. Uh, YouTubers they, they stream the, the they, they work with the, the, the Steam version because that's what they do. And uh, and uh, we, yeah, we had like 30 million views on YouTube uh, around the game, and that sells the, the iOS version. So if you think out of the box of uh, uh, our little uh, market of iOS and Android, may- maybe uh, there's, there's some 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 space for for premium games. Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, it's a thought. Uh, it's interesting to think outside your, uh, the, the market of the device you're working on. To go to a different sector of the mobile games market, uh, you yourself, Martin, mentioned uh, new pla- play patterns, and people are going to be expecting new play patterns in in 2017. I, for one, personally being stingy and not wanting to buy 99p apps have played my fill of match three match three rpg base building base building with match three card collecting character collecting there are so many games out there that have been kind of done to death and even the top grossing chart haven't really changed the the people in the top grossing are the same games that have been there for the last two three years I, i what what are people looking for do people even know what they're looking for that's different yeah, this. I mean, this is the big focus from uh, Space Ape. You've seen us do strategy games. A new game I'm launching is nothing. There's no element of strategy in it. It's like we're all about different genres because we're convinced the audi- the market is really hungry for it. There's been some change actually. Uh, Clash Royale, near real time, head to head multiplayer game. It's a slightly different play pattern. It's much more competitive. 
um, 50% win-loss rates. Um, Contest of Champions is a much more demanding, almost Twitch requires in skill, Twitch-based game. Uh, Madden Mobile as well. I think what you're seeing is the mobile first generation are starting to become a more significant user base and they're growing up with mobile. They're a bit more comfortable with uh, dual thumbstick controls and other more demanding interactions on mobile. Um, and you still get a, a big old school soul war of players who prefer a more uh, uh, slower pace, tap, make a decision, tap, strategy sort of thing. But I think you'll see more and more um, requirements for near real-time interaction, uh, much deeper, richer social interactions. And you see this not just in games, um, but other platforms like, um, I don't know, YouNow and Facebook Live and so many places where uh, the younger generations want to connect and communicate in real time. I think you'll see more of this, the, the philosophy around the connecting and communicating and competing in real time um, come over into the App Store space. Okay. Yeah, social's really good. Um, uh, who was the guy? Uh, I think it was Inno, Inno Space, Inno Spark. But yeah, basically their, their new game um, where it, it, there's some elements of Animal Crossing but basically you're in a world and you can, we, we can talk in real time um, which just adds to the gameplay experience, right? I think, I mean it's those different pockets of, uh, of, of demographics but you know, a lot of people on mobile games they play on their own, right? And um, being able to speak in real time with someone just creates that experience but it makes that much more valuable. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be a big thing. Um, we're messing about with kind of like uh, like a watch to play. So you watch them as to get a play session. Um, we could try and mess about with that, see how that's going to work. Uh, again, generally we come back from a traditional games background, so it's, this is all very new, all very almost uncomfortable for us. We're just like, no, 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 we, we, we spent ages on this. There's three quid, you get an awesome game, it's fine. But um, yeah, but now we're just getting a little bit more comfortable breaking stuff up. Um, it's, it's been awesome watching over the years not necessarily what people have got wrong but just how it's changed like you know two or three years ago wait timers yeah it's awesome that's perfectly acceptable but now you know the market and uh, companies have evolved past that you know they're still basically it's not the only mechanic they're still there but they're a little bit more um, a little bit more finesse around it um, and uh, I mean maybe not just uh, play, play patterned but I guess I think mobile VR is going to be a bit bigger this year mm. uh, apparently Samsung actually sold five million units. Not quite sure how accurate that is, but um, you know, w you know, w when you're spending seven hundred quid on the phone, you get the free headset with it. You know, it just reduces that barrier to trying something out. Um, I mean, I don't have a tethered VR headset yet, but I do have a an S7 and a free gear VR. So it's just like, oh, check that out. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I think we're going to see some nice numbers around that, um, and I think it's one of those platforms where sort of people can do the premium model and still you know do okay just because it's, it's new so people are prepared to pay for that new content uh yeah yeah um i think i think uh, one interesting trend will be um what, what's happening on air uh, augmented reality next year uh we have uh, we have the pokemon go that sort of made made this uh, mainstream uh, as a as a as a um, a gesture and also in the public space it sort of existed at some point so that's interesting and I I don't know how that will evolve because uh, it's really like um, this sort of use where AR for me is like um, uh, it's, it's two trains it's the train where 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 those public space is just re 
reorganized and reused in a game and that's very interesting and, uh, um, and that's a sort of proof of concept of 2016 and also the way the, the game will uh, get out of the phone the screen uh, when uh, you, you got a lot of interesting gears but that's not pure VR so, so it's not uh, all, all uh, in your world but but actually uh, in, a, in a, an environment where you you walk in the street and you go in the tube and stuff like that well things can happen in that environment like like uh, uh, through glasses and stuff uh, and I think we we're gonna see more and more of this happening and uh, that's that's very interesting unfortunately for me I'm, I'm much less bullish on mobile VR and AR I think it will be a trend in 2017 I think it will be an unsuccessful trend yeah. um, we've tried AR stuff for many years and it never worked um, Fortunately, Nintendo came along with exactly the right brand, a huge brand, um, partnered with Niantic over four years in progress and development, yeah. and it came together and sang. And the chances, I think loads of people will try and have a go. I, I can't see many successes in that space on mobile for 2017, but I agree, I think it would be a, a trend. And I think that's an important point as well is you gotta be careful with trends. Because like as soon as something becomes a trend, it means a lot of people are doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then how are you going to be successful? Like exactly. you need to stand apart from the crowd. So yeah. like watch the trends, but like be super mindful as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, and last question, and thank you so much for your time today, guys. Like, what is the thing you're most hoping for or looking forward to from the mobile market in 2017? Um, for me, we often look towards the east, not in terms of copy pasting games. You can't do it. It's a different culture, but. If you look at China, they've had huge, top-grossing uh, first-person shooters, uh, fully-fledged MMOs. Their latest MOBA from Tencent went straight to the top of the charts with a 5 million DAU, and it's still climbing. Like, most Western developers don't know what China is doing, and they are, they're owning the space at the moment. Um, what I'd like to see is uh, some Western developers being a bit more aggressive with their feature sets and like how big and amazing their mobile games can be. Um, and I would like to see this breakthrough into some like really new genres or new play patterns entering the top 10 for 2017. And I've got a feeling that it's not the big behemoths of uh, mobile gaming that are gonna be able to do it. They're probably too big and slow moving to change course and adopt some of these new practices and development approaches. Um, it's probably going to be the smaller nimble studios who are willing to take risks and take a risk and innovate and offer something new to the user. I, I want to see some more kind of like uh, cross-platform um, games, more finesse. So like, you know, the mobile versions of like console games or... Um, or even films, I guess, you know, just being a little bit, not just condensed down, but like actually a really bespoke thing that complements rather than copies. Um, I want to see a few more of those. Cause a couple of tried last year um, and they weren't great. They almost felt like an add-on, like a last minute, oh, we should do this. Um, but yeah, like from the start, like literally, you know, you, you start your game on PC and console and then you've got an additional experience on the mobile that you can use that will benefit like your 10-foot your experience, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, on my my little sort of uh, point of view, because uh, yeah, so, so on run premium games and uh, indie games, I'm very interested in seeing how narrative games will evolve. Mm. I think uh, narrative games 
so it came from a long, long way on mobile. Uh, you had you had um, 80 days. You had you had a lot of very interesting things uh, happening around the, the interactive novel and stuff like that. And and um, now we are going for another phase where it's more intuitive. It's more uh, 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 it talks more to people and uh, and still they can build a lot of adventures on the mobile and and uh, are we. We use the word uh, in, in environment. I think it's very interesting uh, how to create toys that, that tell story of actually. And mobile is very good for that. And I, I quite like to see how, how it evolves. Uh, uh, so it's a minor trend, but I think uh, it, it has a lot of interesting potential. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. So some interesting discussions there um, and touching on a lot of the key issues the industry's facing. Um, you know, obviously um, Nintendo playing a big part in that discussion again um, and sort of interesting to hear some of the indie perspectives on that, particularly from Francois there who uh, launched a very successful premium price indie game there last year. Mm. Um, sort of bucking the trend, very very well received critically and, um, and and did pretty well for him commercially I think as well um, you know he seems pretty happy with it and it was a it was a great game um, so yeah it's 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 an interesting perspective I, it doesn't seem that Mario Super Mario Run has had quite the sort of nuclear impact on the business model of mobile that some people predicted did no but I, I don't think it ever was going to I don't think it ever was going to I think I think that purely is everyone perhaps including myself like getting caught up in the hype of well Pokemon Go did go did gangbusters so mm -hmm. this is going to just shake everything up I mean ultimately like when you look at what it was really doing it wasn't anything new we did you know when the app store first started you had a free app um, that had a limited amount of the game, and then you bought the full version, albeit not for eight pounds. It was usually <laughs> a couple of pounds. And equally, you know, like uh, putting a, a, a higher premium price as, as eight ninety nine or seven ninety nine or eight pounds, like that's not that groundbreaking, given that Square Enix charge you fifteen pounds yeah. for some of their mobile games, and, and even the Rockstar ports of old GTA games are, are quite expensive. So. Yeah, it, it was. It's it's an odd one. I think it was purely because it was Nintendo and the gravitas that they and their brand brings. And Mario Run is it's a very high quality game. I'm still playing it, mm -hmm. not just because I'm a Nintendo fan, but because it's an accessible, fun platformer that has a, a great deal more design and polish to it than most games you get on mobile. Yeah. I think it's, it's it kind of uh, it brings an interesting discussion to the fore in that you know it starts you start to think about where you place value in those sort of games you know mm. I will quite happily pay um, you know the, the six or seven quid or whatever it is every year for a football manager on mobile um, you know because I and I feel like that's well money well spent because I will get a lot of time out of it and I appreciate how much work's gone into that the depth of the game etc. Um, but you know, you you kind of apply value to, to different things in, in in different areas with with mobile. You know, is it about how much fun you get out of it? Is it about how much work's gone into it? You know, is it about whether or not you think you would spend more on that game if it was free to play anyway? You know, I know mm. I tend to actually I do pretty much the opposite of of what you were saying in that, that interview. Um, you know, in that I will actively avoid games that are free to play. I will generally not even bother looking at the free to pay. Um, charts or, or you know the sections when I go into the app store because I think well if I do buy one if I do download one I do enjoy it uh, I'm just going to wish I could have paid 
five quid for it in the first place and won't yeah. won't have spent you know twenty quid for it in the in the long run. And if I don't enjoy it, then why the hell would I want to download it anyway? So you See, know, I'm, I am now trying to avoid free to play games unless it's a particularly interesting game like um, uh, Twenty Two Counts the Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, the the frontier journey. I downloaded that because that was free, and I thought, right, yep. you're trying to do something interesting. I will download and have a go at that. But if it's something that I've clearly played this before, yep. albeit with a different skin, I am now actively avoiding download that. I think the problem is, and maybe this goes to my own personal play habits, but I find sometimes I have previously bought a game. Um, so I bought the Banner Saga, mm-hmm. um, admittedly when it was half price, but like I bought the Banner Saga, three ninety nine, downloaded it, played it or started playing it, really enjoyed it. But I found that certain premium experiences, because I don't really have the time to sit down and dedicate to a, to a phone game the way yep. that they designed to play. The difference, yeah, like Mario Run, you can play that for 30 seconds. Even the Toad Rallies, which are longer than most of the levels, are 50 seconds, 60 seconds long. Yep. You're never playing for more than a minute. Whereas games like the Banner Saga or other games, you need to sit down and play for a while, which I don't tend to do. And the result is they sit there taking up space on my 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 phone's storage, yep. which eventually I get to the point where it's like, well, I can't, I, I need to free up some storage. I'll delete that. And then I forget, it gets lost in my list of previously purchased apps. And I forget. And then to me, in the long run, that's three ninety nine wasted. Not because the game wasn't good enough, but because it's not in a format that lends itself to my style of mobile play and that might be a personal thing but yeah I think that's fair enough I think those are intrinsically tied up in those kind of pricing and design decisions as well right you know things that are free to play tend to be more you know as I've heard them described sort of bus stop games or whatever because it's easier to monetize free to play in that way you know Mm. you can set timers you can you can say to people oh you're used to playing it in these 30 seconds thing in these 30 seconds of gaps when you do have 10 minutes to sit down and play you might spend an extra 79p to refill some energy or to you know to, to get to a certain bit or you might you might feel frustrated that you're stuck at a certain bit you know you've only got three minutes to play so you drop 79p because it gets you past a bit you're stuck on and you can't bother things yeah. that you're gonna sit down and spend more time with in single sessions i suppose you are less likely to have that kind of attitude towards because you sit there because you're essentially you're in, if you're if you're paying to a uh, you know jump past but you're paying to not play a game which mm. has always struck me as faintly ridiculous and if you're if you're really into something, something that's in depth, uh, and you've got a lot of time to play, you're probably not going to do that. I suppose to a certain degree. I found with some some free to play games, they sneakily, the more you play them, the more of your time they take up, mm-hmm. and they 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 essentially force you or, or compel you to, to spend more time playing them. So I, I went through a period where I was completely hooked on them. The Simpsons tapped out. Yep. Now, when you start off and your Springfield is really small, it's fine. You'd log in. Tap, 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 set everyone a, a job for the next day, you know, the 24-hour task, like, that's fine. I can now, don't have to play this until tomorrow. Yep. After a month or so, you've got so many characters, so many buildings to collect money from, so many um, uh, characters to set tasks to, that it was genuinely taking me half an hour <laughs> just to set up my Springfield for the next day. And it was at that point, where I, I think it was a point where I was starting to get late for work. I was like... Right, I need to stop playing this yep. because they've tricked me into spending half an hour a day. Now, if I had half an hour a day to play the Banner Saga, genuine out of choice, then I'd probably got more out of it. Yep. But they, the, the free-to-play game, they've kind of tricked me. Not tricked me, that sounds really disingenuous, but they have found ways to kind of compel you to keep playing, yeah. which is clever but frustrating from a consumer yep. point of view. Yeah. There are games like that as well, which I find you can get punished for uh, not having long enough to play them in. You know, there are quite a lot of games where you can't save in the middle of a, a level or a session, yeah. and then by the time you go back to it, you've opened up five other apps, and it's been you know your progress has been lost because when you go to 
reload that game, it reloads it, and it reloads it at last yeah, save point, massively. and you've lost a whole load of progress. Uh, there's uh, a game called Sproggywood, which is a, a great little kind of roguelike um, RPG, which came out on Steam quite a while ago and has, has uh, come out on mobile more recently, which is fantastic. But each level takes about sort of uh, five to ten minutes to complete, and if you sort of background the app halfway through, then by the time you get back to it, it's often just dumps you back on the main menu screen and you've lost all that progress, which mm. is quite frustrating. So you have to sort of say, I've only got 30 seconds, I can't play that, even though it's turn-based, you can quite happily enjoy 30 seconds of it because it's not there when you go back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, it, it's a, it's a, it's an odd thing and I think it's it's kind of a, it indicates people's gaming tastes and habits much more clearly than, than any other platform, I think. You know? Definitely, yeah. You can tell a lot about your user. Yep. Um, depending on how they play, how often they play, and that's why, like, whenever you go to any of these mobile conferences, there are so many analytics firms out there and, and optimization and stuff. But like, you know, the, the developers, I imagine, spend as much time watching what their players are doing as they do yep. actually developing new content. Yeah, I'm yeah, speaking to Oscar Berman um, at the end of the last year at Slash, something he published fairly recently, and he was sort of saying he's that was one of the main reasons he got out of mobile because he felt that so much design is predicated on metrics and. Mm. Uh, you know, just just that comes first before fun. It's about like, right, where can we get this this loop to repeat? How do we get how do we get someone to spend money during that loop? Um, and yeah, I can understand that. I you know, I I have found a lot of mobile game design quite frustrating, and I I do find a lot of free to play uh, design quite frustrating in in that yeah. regard. But uh, I'm also you know very resistant. Um, you know, consciously resistant to, to those kind of little psychological tricks. I get really annoyed if I feel like I'm being made a fool out of by a you know a timer or a, a you know a, a mobile device. So, yeah, I, I guess I actively resist those in, in a way that a lot of people might not. I think going back to Super Mario Run, like you know, it's the polar opposite of what Oscar was saying. You know, that, that it's it's not, you can clearly tell it's not been designed around metrics. It's not mm-hmm. been designed around his. How do we do, you know create a loop that people will keep on playing in order to keep on spending? It's clearly designed as how do we make a competent Mario game that you can play with just one button? Yeah. How do we design levels? that are fun to, to play through, that are fun to master, that have more to discover on, on subsequent playthroughs. Even the Toad Rally, which is essentially like is the closest you're gonna to get to the their, you know, long game monetization style, because you, you know, they they're obviously they're trying to get you to, to keep playing and collect toads. Mm-hmm. Even those and even those like randomly generated levels are here's something for people to master and to learn and to put time into time and skill into rather than hey who's bought the most resources yeah um so it kind of encourages me for the rest of nintendo's mobile um strategy because we've got fire emblem heroes coming out uh next month in fact android Um, first and then ios following i think there's confusion about that because like most some places say android first then ios second and yet there are also ios sources saying no it's definitely on yeah. on February 2nd the same day as Android so yeah, maybe that's just certain markets I don't know maybe yeah, they made a staggered rollout around the world but um, yeah no I'm intrigued about those now I'm intrigued to see I, I'm intrigued Animal Crossing Animal I'm Crossing. very excited about that that is, that is a game I could if that comes out as free to play I will probably need to remortgage my house frankly <laughs> so uh, and not via a raccoon I'm guessing no no oh god yeah the irony <laughs> of that thing held up against a wall with a knife by a small fairy animal because I've missed a payment. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. no, I think, yeah, it's, and I, I, what, what I really do love about Nintendo's re-involvement in the, or involvement in the mobile scene is that they are producing games which are creating anticipation in the mobile scene. Yeah. And that is something we've not seen for a very long time, I don't think. You know, no. we, it, Pokemon Go and, and Mario Run were the first games I can remember in the last 
probably three or four years where people have been really kind of looking forward to them. And I know individual people look forward to games on mobile all the time. Of course they do. Um, but, you know, to have a real anticipation in the press and, you know, mainstream press and people are talking about these things before mm. they happen. And, and, you know, day one, there's all these people downloading them and really enjoying it. You know, when Pokemon Go came out, you know, you walk around and you just suddenly see people everywhere yeah. doing it. And it created a real kind of uh, a nice sort of event around it. And you don't really see that very much around No, mobile. by and large, mobile games tend to be, hey, it's here. Yep. Um, you might get an announcement or two beforehand, but you don't really get... There's not as much... Um, you know, uh, PR or marketing or pre you know, launch marketing that happens, and um, there's certainly not as much uh, much hype. Which you know, it, it maybe that's something that mobile needs to borrow from um, the you know the, the the traditional game space, the console and PC mm-hmm. space. We've seen a lot of the AAA games now, things like Fallout, things like Watch Watch Dogs Two, announced then out in six months. So you've got a concentrated yep. six month period of here's some info to tease you, and here's here's the game. Maybe we see more of that from mobile because I think I think the the success of Nintendo's brands hopefully will encourage more of the traditional games brands to up their efforts in mobile. I know a lot of them are already active. Square Enix has got so many damn games out yeah. there. Yeah, the, EA, Go, the Go games are fantastic. Well, exactly, Enix, and yeah. the, the Go games. I mean, at, at Mobile Games Forum, I actually was able to chat, chat to uh, Patrick Node from Square Enix Montreal, and we were talking about the Go games and how the the key to their success is not that they are bringing the the game, the AAA experience to mobile, because they did that with Deus Ex the, the Fall. Mm-hmm. Deus Ex the Fall was a very competent but mobile-based Deus Ex game that was as close to human revolution as you could get, but it wasn't as well received. Deus Ex Go is simplified. It's just, right, what are the key pillars? Stealth, decisions, hacking. How do we make that into a, a, a format that's suitable for mobile? Yep. I'd like to see more AAA devs and more big games publishers doing taking that approach rather than just trying to port or just brand and reskin a game with their IP. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think you're right. You know, I think increasingly we're seeing people, you know, with big brands designing for mobile from the ground up, which is really important. But we're also seeing from the other side, uh, mobile-only brands and IP starting to establish themselves and having loyalty built into sequels. You know, we saw uh, Hill Climb Racing 2 uh, last week, um, or even the beginning of this week, announced that it reached the 43 million downloads. Mm. You know, I mean, those those are those are huge brands now, and those are people coming back to those. So, you know, there are obviously people anticipating those, and, and we are seeing those, uh, you know, becoming events. And I wonder whether that might start seeping out, you know, into to other areas as well. You know, obviously Angry Birds... Has done it to a certain extent with with movies and animation and and uh, you know came to consoles, but pretty disappointingly so. I think you know yeah. I don't think anyone considered that to be a success. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting and will always be an interesting market because of how rapidly it moves and, and and evolves and you know the fact that there is never a right way to do things because something will always turn up and prove that to be completely wrong within the next you know month basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's all we have time for this week. <laughs> Um, we will be back in a week or so. We're uh, currently rustling up some guests for a few shows, but if you're interested, by all means, drop us an email and uh, let us know what you'd like us to either discuss or whether or not you uh, you want to be on on board. This is kind of this is designed to be a kind of a platform for industry members to kind of get things off their chest. Absolutely, not that there aren't enough of those. <laughs> and we're going to be doing more recording at events as well. So uh, we're going to be out at GDC in force. So if you're out there. Uh, do drop us a line if you want to have a chat um, either to us for an interview or uh, for the podcast and likewise for things like Rezzed, um and Reboot Develop you know anything where we're going to be uh, feel free to, to get in touch if you do want to record something Indeed last note you know, on the subject of Rezzed, we uh, if you haven't seen the news already 
we have announced that we are running an industry pub quiz, mm-hmm. uh, the games industry dot quiz. See what we did there. I'm unnecessarily proud of that. That's a pretty good I'm one. I'm sorry. It's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, industry pub quiz. Uh, just a fun full evening of teams of five matching wits against each other in pop culture, general knowledge, and, and usually some very obscure um, subjects that I, I choose to put rounds of questions together. If you're interested, um, head on over to the site and, uh, and try and find the story. Uh, it should be fine. Or email myself, and uh, I'm, I can point you in the right direction. Should be a good fun night. These sort of things are all, always go down quite well. And I've, I've genuinely had a number of people asking, like, you know, when's there going to be another kind of industry quiz? Because uh, they, they used to be one, and it, it's it's kind of gone away for a while. So, yeah. Uh, and of course, though we are going to win, so uh, well, obviously, you know, yes. just deal with that. In <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting you enter. You do oh, know that. <laughs> come on. I can just wear a mask. We've all right. Got... Thanks for uh, thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon, and um, see you all soon.